Hey, this is Jim, pastor of Decided Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope the sermon you're about to hear just blesses your heart and really encourages you. If you don't mind, subscribe. That way you'll get instant notifications every time a sermon is uploaded. And by all means, if you're feeling led to give, click on the giving link and there'll be more directions to follow. God bless. Enjoy the message. Uh, God kind of, you know, I don't know if you guys ever had have this in your life, but he kind of took me on a little detour. He's like, yeah, that sounds good, but let's go a different route. So I was like, oh, you know, now I have to redo some things and, and change things around. But I was just trying to, you know, go slow, like you said, right? You got to seek, listen, and obey. So I'm just trying to do that this morning um, and just change it up a little bit. So I want to start by asking kind of a weird question, and maybe you guys have remembered this uh, growing up, or, you know, they had them kind of in McDonald's, uh, they have have one at the zoo now, Uh, but it's these these coin things. You guys have ever seen that? You know what I'm talking about, where you you like put the coin up top, and then uh, it'll go around, and it spins, and it's so cool to watch, right? Especially when it gets towards the bottom, because it just like goes really fast, and then it like drops in, and then you're like, oh. Well, that was fun, you know, <laughs> you kind of move on, right? But um, this is going to be pertinent to what we're talking about today uh, because uh, the passage we look at is, is talking about, you know, some Pharisees and scribes and um, that when they were giving, it was kind of like what we used to do with these, uh, you know, at the McDonald's or zoo. It was more about the fun and the experience of the coin going down more so than the charity that you're actually giving to. Um, and so it's going to be interesting, so keep that in the back of your mind, but we're going to be uh, talking about a story in Mark, okay? It's Mark 12, 41 through 44, so if you could do me a huge favor, go ahead and stand up for the reading of God's Word, and we'll see what He has for us today. So this is uh, called the widow's offering, or some, some people have uh, called it the widow's might, um, and it starts in verse 41 as this. He says, he sat down opposite. Now he obviously is Jesus here. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. That's great, you know, know, being generous, right? Uh, Verse 42, a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. So not a lot of money in comparison. Verse 43 says, then he called his disciples and said to them, truly I tell you, I always love love when Jesus said this because you know something's about to, he's about to say some good stuff, right? Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day, God, that that you have put this particular passage on my heart that um, we are just aware of you in this space, God, that, that we are able to uh, feel those Holy Spirit nudges and, and be able to change our plans. I, God, I ask that we, we get out of our own way today, that, that we may think something's uh, going in, in a direction and we, we have plans and, and we, we're told that, you know, when, when man makes plans, you laugh. And so we just want to do your will today. We want to feel those changes that, that you might be ushering in and, and maybe taking us on a little detour on, in, in our walk or, or whatever's going on in their life, God. And I just ask that, that this message is, is, is exactly what someone needs to hear. Well, there, uh, this message is for somebody in this room. I know it. You've put it on my heart, and I know that one person here needs to hear this. And, and whatever that case may be, whoever, 
uh, needs to apply this to their lives, God, I just ask that they be receptive, that, that their heart is, is willing to receive that which you have for them. Uh, God, just please um, allow me to subtract so that you can multiply and that, that I can just be a vessel for you today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, Oh, guys, you guys kind of have some groans sitting down there. Ooh, you're like, oh, you know, making noises. Some of us get into that age where when you have to make a move, you make noise too. I, I, I completely get it. Uh, but so today we're going to look at this verse or these verses in kind of two different lenses. Okay. And so we've got a zoom in lens that we're going to look at. So we're going to kind of narrow our focus and really look at it in context of just the passage in and of itself. And then we're also going to take a look at it as a zoomed out lens. Okay, this is, this is the detour God was talking to me about this week about I've got to, I got to zoom out a little bit. You know, sometimes I don't know if you guys are like me. I, I kind of get a narrow focus. I get a goal and I'm, you know, there's nothing around me that's going to stop me from going from A to B. Right. But thankfully, uh, God put that on my heart to, you know, there is another path that I need to go. But um, the first initial reading, we're going to go ahead and start with the zoom in. And the initial reading of this is that the widow is giving sacrificial, sacri- sacrificial, excuse me. I am a math teacher at heart, so you guys forgive me for, for words, right? But um, the, the widow here is giving in a sacrifice. It's, it's, it's all she had, right? And so uh, that seems like a really good thing, right? She's given to the church. And, and so with this zoomed in lens, we're going to look both at the widow and then we're going to also look at the Pharisees and, and kind of the people in charge of the temple. And in order to set this up, I kind of want to give you guys a little background of what's kind of going on during this time. And so during this passage, uh, there's a few few things going uh, at bat here. First is the temple that they're at is actually this really, really beautiful place, right? I mean, it, it is just adorned with like, you know, beautiful things. Uh, for, for terms of today, it would, it would have a lot of curb appeal, right? I don't know if you guys are house hunting or anything like that, but it has good curb appeal. It looks good on the outside, okay? Uh, also during this time is, uh, th- it's actually also during the time of Passover, which is also important to note because this was kind of the, you know, the Pharisees and the scribes and the, and the church leaders. Passover was kind of like their Super Bowl, you know. It was their time to shine. It was really a, a time for them to kind of, you know, gather the people and say, hey, look what we're, look what we're doing, right? Look what's going on and, and you know, kind of ushering in some more giving and that sort of thing. Uh, also, where this is happening is in uh, where the treasury is, and that place was called the Court of Women. Now, the reason it was called that is that this widow, who was obviously a woman, it was not allowed to go but so far into the temple, okay? So the court of women, that is the furthest point that she was able to even go into the temple to give, okay? So that's why that's called the court of women. And the last piece of information before we dive in is that the uh, receptacles, you know, kind of like their grace offerings box like we have outside, their receptacles were made of this metal, and it kind of looked like a trumpet, if you will. So it kind of had like a wide mouth and, you know, a basin for stuff. So it's so important to know that it, it was made of metal because when they are giving metal coins, it would kind of make a noise, right? Like you drop a coin and it's like, you know, clings around in there. So all that to then start with our first focus, our first zoom lens of the widow. So she's coming in and uh, is giving sacrificially to this 
temple. She is giving in faith, and we, we can commend her for that. Uh, but with this also being said that, you know, the women of that time, during Jesus' time, women very much relied heavily on their relationship status. Who they were married to or, or even like their, their family is how they were able to survive, how they had their means, how they can even have an income or assets or, you know, being able to just survive on a daily basis mattered based upon their relationships. And so for this woman, being a widow, that put her down at a very low social status. She, she is extremely low on that social status, and, and um, you know, God calls us to look after these, uh, these people, you know, the widows and orphans, but uh, overall, she was very low, and Jesus here even calls her the poor widow, okay? And that's important to note because the Greek here for poor would actually signify and indicate that she was at a level of, of wealth. She was at a poverty in which she would actually had to be begging for any means necessary. She would have to literally beg to get any sort of income or, or any sort of, you know, financial help, uh, you know, food, anything like that. She had to resort to that. So for her to come to the temple with something she probably had to go ahead and beg for anyways and then give it back to God is just so like Dane was saying, so poetic, right? It's just, she, I, it was everything she had. So she made that conscious choice to say, okay, I'm going to give back to you, God, what you gave to me, even if it means that I'm not going to be able to eat today. What kind of faith and what kind of sacrifice is that that she was able to do, have that mindset and do? Because we see her sacrifice that she gave all she had, all she had to live on, and now we're going to try to change our view a little bit. And we saw that in this verse, it talks, in, in these verses, it talks about the Pharisees and scribes were giving out of their abundance. So they had a ton of money and they, they were just, they were giving with their leftovers, right? It, they were giving just whatever looked good on the outside. So, so the first point in this zoomed in lens is this. If you're a note taker, uh, I recommend you writing this down. But the zoomed in lens is this, equal sacrifice, not equal giving. That's what we're after here. Equal sacrifice, not equal giving. Because obviously the, the widow did not give very much, right? She only gave two copper coins, which was only a penny of, of that time. So it was not a lot of money. And so the Pharisees and scribes were clearly giving more money, but that's not what matters here in this passage. That's not what God and Jesus at the time was really talking about when he said this equal sacrifice, not equal giving. And so what does that, what does that mean? Well, that means that God doesn't care how much you give, but the sacrifice you're making is what matters. If giving to the campaign, or, or maybe even, maybe even you're at the point in your life that you haven't even started tithing yet, but if giving to the campaign or first your tithing, if that does not require you to make some sort of adjustment in your life, I'm here to tell you it's not actually a sacrifice. If giving to the campaign or giving for the first time ever, your tithe does not require you to make an adjustment in your life, then you are not sacrificing. I'm sorry. So am I asking you to give everything you have to the church and to this campaign? Well, not so much, right? <laughs> that, that, that would be unwise, right? But 
the important thing to note here is that all of your possessions is given to you by God, but we are also given an important trait as well. And we're going to talk about that more in a second. But the widow gave everything that she had to live on, but the Pharisees gave out of their abundance. But what was different between the two, the difference between them, was their heart. And Jim talked about this a little bit last week. But the Pharisees here, so we're going to move kind of our focus from the widow to the Pharisees. And they were all about the appearance, right? They're all about, you know, what I look like. What I, they, he talked about, you know, walking around in long robes. And they cared about, well, I sit at this spot because, you know, I'm important. It's about me, right? That's, that's what their kind of mindset was and their thinking. All of this was rooted in pride. That's why, that's why they really loved to have those little receptacles that were the trumpet made of metal because when they, when they dumped their coins in, it made a lot of noise, right? It was like, you know, going to the zoo or McDonald's and you got to see your coins. Just imagine if you put like a handful of those coins and they got going. It was, it was so neat. So they, the Pharisees here were in it for the noise. They're in it for the experience. They were putting their coins in the treasury for show so they could flex their position and prowess by the sound of those coins going into the bins. So the heart of the giver is what matters. The heart of the giver is what matters. But let's, let's circle back to the equal sacrifice, not equal giving, because that is, that is something rooted in pride. And I don't know about you guys, but um, you might think like, oh man, I can't, really, I can't really contribute a lot to this, you know, this campaign, or <clears throat> I can't really give a lot in tithe. But it's not about the amount you give. It's all about the sacrifice you make and the heart that you give from. So equal sacrifice, not equal giving. The first verse that I want to use to help support this idea is, that, is Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verses 21 and 22. And so in this passage, Jesus is talking to a very wealthy man. And this, this guy approaches Jesus and he asks him, he says, so what, what do I need to do? What good deeds do I need to do in order to get eternal life? That's what he asks him. He asks Jesus, like, so what do, what do I got to do? You know, like, what do I got to do to get in the club, right? That's what he's asking. And Jesus says, well, you need to, you know, you know, follow the commandments, you know, do this and do that. And he's like, yep, solid. I got it. I, I did everything my whole life. I did, I've done it by the book, followed the rules. And then he goes, he's like, well, what else? What else is there? And then Jesus responds with this. And I just love this so much. Verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you wish to be perfect, I just love that the start of that because it's probably, he's probably like, okay, yeah, if you wish to be perfect, right? And he says, go sell your possessions, give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, grieving, for he had many possessions. So what you see here is that I'm not trying to say that having many possessions is a bad thing. Having many possessions is not a bad thing, but how your heart is towards those possessions is what matters. So not, I'm, not, I'm not here to condemn having possessions. That's okay. God blesses us in different ways. Absolutely. Yes and amen. But I'm not saying that possessions are bad, but your heart towards those possessions is what matters. So let me ask you this, though. This is a heart question. 
if all of your possessions and wealth were taken from you, would Jesus still be enough? Would you still follow? Just something to consider. Let's keep going. The next verse, Romans 12, 1 is the next one. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy. I love this because we just sang about it, right? God's mercy. It's so wonderful. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, reasonable act of worship. So, so this verse here, it's talking about, you know, we're talking about equal sacrifice, not equal giving. And this has more to do about giving of yourself, not necessarily financially. So I also want you to consider, yes, we're talking finances, but it's more than that, right? It's also giving yourself, your gifts, your talents. What you give matters dependent upon the heart. So not necessarily about the financial giving here, but it also begs the question. It says, give, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. But it begs the question, how else are you spending your time? So yeah, we are called uh, to give to God 10%. That, that's what we're called to do because, you know, God gives us uh, everything that we have already. I don't know if you know that yet or not, but I'm here to tell you that well, everything that you have was given to you uh, by God, and we're only re required to give 10% back, right? But what if that also was applied to other areas of your life? What if we we're also, also required to give 10% of our time? As a math guy, I already calculated out, right? 24 hours in a day, 10% of that would be 2.4 hours. So two hours and some change every day. Hmm, there's something to consider. Next verse I want to talk about is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And this says, each of you, and this one's so important and, and drives this point home. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind. Not regretfully or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. There it is, everybody. Yes and amen. This, is, this connects Jim's sermon last week. He didn't even know I was going to use this verse today. But he was talking about, you know, how your heart towards giving matters and your, your correct posture. And he talked about, you know, we need to be giving God of our first fruits, not of the leftovers, right? We need to be giving of the first fruits and not the leftovers. And so this comes with a giving, cheerful heart. And that's actually kind of fun. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the whole reason why we at Decided Church call it, we don't really call it a tithing thing. We call it grace offerings. We call it a grace offerings because it, it alludes to that point of your heart towards giving. We don't, we don't, we don't pass a plate, right? We don't, we don't, like some churches do, we don't pass a plate around. It's all about you and your heart towards giving. And this last verse also brings to the forefront the next idea and us going ahead and zooming out and looking at, but this is my next big point. Generosity without discernment is not honorable. So let me say that again. Generosity without discernment is not honorable. So wait, what does that mean? Are you trying to say generosity is a bad thing? No, I'm not. You can be generous. And, and some of our, you know, everyone's gifting, there is a gifting here of generosity. But generosity without discernment is not honorable. It's something that God doesn't want us to do. Yes, that, uh, the verses that we were talking about, it said that she gave out of everything she had. But when we zoom out a little bit and we look at that passage again, 
Jesus isn't really praising the widow for giving everything she had. Yes, she had faith. Yes and amen. Yes, she gave sacrificially. That's great. But that's not what Jesus was really alluding to here. And a lot of preachers, a lot of sermons, they talk about this verse and they try to help spread that ministry, right? They, they talk about the, you know, they all have like the poverty gospel stuff. You have the prosperity gospel, you know, all that stuff. You know, you should give here, give to me so I can get a jet so I can travel the world. You know, it's like, that's not what they're saying here. That's not what they're saying. And that was my initial thought too. I was like, oh yes, I'm going to use this. It's going to be convicting. It, we're going to, we're going to get everyone to get money, but that's not what it's about, guys. That's not what it's about. And God changed my heart for that as well. So now we're going to zoom out a little bit. So we zoomed in. We looked at just the verse, just the widow and the Pharisees. All right. And so now we're going to zoom out a little bit and we're going to look at this verse in context of where it's located in, in these scriptures. And so with that, we see and have this cool literary tool that Mark uses in his gospel a lot. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard this term before. Some of us have not, and it's okay. It's probably called other things, but I resonate with this because it has a food item in it. Uh, I just like that. You know, obviously I like food. But Mark uses this literary tool called a Markin sandwich. Have you ever heard that before? It's a Markin sandwich. And so what that means is it, a, lot, a lot of times in his scripture, he uh, starts with a story, kind of begins the story. He kind of diverts it to a different story kind of separate, and then he comes back to the original story. So it's kind of bookends it a little bit. So you see, you kind of have like the bread and then the middle stories here, right? So that's the sandwich. And this, the widow's mite is the word for it, or widow's offering is actually sandwiched between two other verses. And when we look in context of that, we're going to see that what really Jesus is talking about when he's talking about that sacrificial giving. So we're going to look at the previous verses, Mark 12, 38 through 40. And then we're going to look at the verses after the widow's might and see what it says. And I just love the heading. This is the heading that my Bible has. Yours might have something else, but it says Jesus denounces the scribes. I don't know. I just think that's so cool. He denounces them. You know, it's like throws them down. But anyways, 38, as he taught, he said, beware of the scribes. Again, this is Jesus talking. Who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. So they're, it's all about them, right? Verse 40, it says, they, check this out, devour widows' houses. And for the sake of appearance, say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. So what is that saying? That's saying that these Pharisees and scribes are allowing these widows to give all that they have to the temple. And it says they are devouring their houses. They are allowing them to go without. They forgot their calling of what they're supposed to do with God's resources. They are allowing this to happen. And if you look back at the verses now that you see what, was came, what came before, out of context, it, it seems like, yes, we're praising the widow here, but, but it's not what Jesus is really talking about. When he says that she gave out of all she had everything to live on, he was pointing to the Pharisees. He's saying, how dare you guys that are in charge of my temple allow this to happen? You're allowing the least of these to go without, devouring their houses, all for appearances and pride. And what's also cool is after this, 
Jesus has some interesting words about the temple after he points out this atrocity. He's in Mark 13. These are the very next verses after the widow's might. Mark 13, verses 1 and 2. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. So as you can see, the temple looked good, right? They're even, his disciples are like walking out. It's like, man, that's big. That looks great. Man, they must be doing some great things in there, right? Then Jesus asked them, excuse me, said, then Jesus asked him, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. So he, he foretells of the temple being destroyed. He, he foretells of, of this new era. He's ushering in this new era and this new temple that we're going to talk about later. But he's saying like, look, they're not doing the Lord's work here. So it's not going to, we're not going to allow this to happen anymore. They, they, they've, they have missed the mark on what they've been called to do. So again, not praising the widow here, but kudos to her faith and sacrifice. Yes and amen. But what Jesus is really doing here in these verses is condemning the Pharisees for allowing this to happen. He is furious with a system that would allow the widow to give all she had to support the temple. Equal sacrifice, not equal giving. Check your pride. Check your pride. Are you worried about the amount you give? Are you, do you think it's not enough? Do you think it's a lot? Check your pride. Equal sacrifice, not equal giving. And generosity without discernment is not honorable. God gave us discernment for a reason. So, how does this relate? How, how does this even uh, tie into this campaign or, or tithing or any of this? What, what's the point, Dylan? We're gonna, I want to replace this idea Jesus foretold of the temple being des- destroyed. But let's replace the temple in this story with the new temple that Jesus ushered in with his sacrifice on the cross. This new temple, this idea of what we are to be in Christ. And to give you that answer, to kind of shed light on it, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So amazing. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy. And do not miss this last part, everybody. And you are that temple. You are that temple. So that begs the question. Each and every one of us, we, we are God's temple. God's spirit dwells within us. So what's going on in your temple? How are you treating God's temple? What kind of donations are you making? No, I'm not talking financially here. Donations being what what are you using to donate to yourself, to your temple? What's going in? What are you allowing yourself to consume? Whether that be what we watch, what we hear, who we hang around, whatever the case may be, what are you allowing to be absorbed into your temple? How are you handling your finances? 
because we're God's temple, right? And we're given God's resources. So how are you handling your finances? Uh, is, is your temple for show? Are you here to impress others with what God's given you? How's the heart inside the temple? How's your heart? In order to be ready to give sacrificially to something like this building campaign, or maybe even to start tithing for the first time, you need to make sure your heart is in the correct posture to do so. So you need to ask yourself, why do I want to give? Why do I want to give to this? Why do I personally want to join alongside decided church and give sacrificially to this campaign or maybe to this church or any church or to Jesus in general? Why do you want to give? That's something that I really urge you guys to consider in these coming weeks. What is your why? Yes, Jesus and amen, what he did on the cross, but what is your why for giving and why to join in this new season at Decided. I don't know about you, but my why is the next generation. And Chris, you can go ahead and start. The, this, is, this is my why. This is why I want to usher in this new era at Decided. It's for these, the least of these that God calls that we are allowed and are able to provide that space for them to meet Jesus at their level, that they can see what God's doing, not only in our lives, but in, in theirs as well. That what, what we're trying to create here is much bigger than any one of us are able to conjure up. These are the ones, this is my why. When I'm wondering what, what is this all for? Why, why are we stressing out about this? Or why are we even worried about this? This is my why. Of course, I had to throw mine in there too. But that, 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 this is my why. So my dream is much bigger than next 10. And when you, when you dream, it should scare you a little bit. Because if, if it doesn't scare you a little bit, then, then you need to dream bigger. If your dream doesn't scare you, you need to dream bigger. Now I know it's like, oh, next 10. Uh-oh, that's been like the whole theme of the year. Don't, don't talk bad about next 10. No, next 10 is great. Next 10 people, right? Make sure you guys are still reaching out to those that are, you're still prayerfully, prayerfully trying to reach. Next 10 years, absolutely. But for me, it's not about the next 10. It's, out, it's about the next gen. It's not about the next 10. It's about the next 10. That we can provide that space for them. That, that, Quite honestly, I might, this might sound bad in the middle of a campaign, but I honestly, even as the campaign director, couldn't care less 
what our building looks like or what this, the plans are or how pretty it's going to or what the curb appeal is going to be. Yes, I, obviously I want that, but what I really care about and really what I'm passionate about is are we going to, how, how we handle ourselves with God's resources, how we are taking care of the least of these is how our church is going to be judged. How we meet the needs of the body is where we're at. And this is, this is the reason why. The reason why we must build. Because we need the space for the Holy Spirit to work so that our temple can serve the body. Not only physically, but the temple that Jesus ushered in as well. I just, my hope and prayer with this message is that we do not carry the heart of the Pharisees, that we care so much about, about the look and curb appeal and this new shiny thing that we forget about what we're originally called to do. And that is to care for the least of these. So our temple can serve the body, such as the widow, so that they are not thrown to the side and not cared for. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just, I just thank you for this example that you've given us. Your word is a lamp under my feet that, that guides me. And I'm just so grateful that you've uh, given us these instructions that, that we can learn more about you each and every day. God, but, but today I want to speak to somebody in this room. They may be questioning what's going on. They may be a little bit hurt by the church in the past. They may even be not, they didn't even really want to come today, God, but they are here for a reason. There's a purpose for them. God has a plan. You have a plan for them, and I am just so grateful that, that you are running after them and you will not forsake them, God, that you are a faithful God in this ever-changing season. I am so grateful for, for you and not changing and being that steadfast love that we can lean on and we can uh, just join up and, and, and provide that comfort that we so seek, God. But, but that person in here, they, they, they may be holding tight to something, whatever that be. Maybe it's their finances. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, it's their job. Whatever the case may be, that they are holding on to something. And they just are clenching their fists so tight that they don't want to let go. But I just want to urge them today, God, that they are able to release whatever's holding them, whatever bondage that they have, God, that they are able to release that to you, that they can see the sacrifice the widow made, not out of, of, of a will, but a, a need, God, they, that she, she had no other means that she knew but to come to you and give everything that she had. So God, I just ask that that person, whoever they are, that they are able to just release the bondage, that they are not required to carry anything of that weight. Of, that they don't have to carry anything that they are carrying past the cross today, God, that, that they can lay their burdens, they can lay all that they have at the foot of the cross, that, that we were not meant to carry that weight beyond it. God, and if they, if they need prayer today, or if they need some of that uh, connection, God, that they want some of that, that they, they 
go out and they step out in faith, that, that we have people in the back that just are expectant and ready for them to come and pray with them, pray over them, pray with you, that we can just, we want to join alongside you and allow the Holy Spirit to work because believe me, I, I've, I've tried other things in this world. I, I've tried to do it myself, but, but the only lasting change, the only thing that's been constant and, and good in my life is you, God. And I am so grateful for that today. I just, I just hope that others are willing and able to, to accept that gift, that free gift of salvation on the cross, that, that regardless of where they're at in their walk, that they step out in faith this week and are able to, to really dive into their why and what you have for them. It is not about us. We are not Pharisees here today, God. We are not after your finances. We're not wanting to build this building for any other purpose but for your glory, your goodness, and, and what you have for us. Lord God, we are just wanting to be obedient to what you have for us. And I just ask that each and every person in this room is, is able to take something from today that this sermon touched them in a, in a certain area, maybe something that I didn't even think about that they are able to hear and apply to their lives, God. I just hope that they can take something, apply it to their lives so that they can go out and be a light for you. I just thank you for this day, God, and I just thank you for um, making that decision, that we can make this decision for us. It's a free gift. All we have to do is decide. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Let's stand up and sing this together as one voice. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided 